Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. everybody on this uh super bowl sunday <laughs> so it's uh this year the chiefs and the buccaneers how many uh, kansas city chiefs fans do we have two three how many buccaneers fans zero how many people don't care there <laughs> there <laughs> i i somehow i knew that was going to be the majority uh, yeah I don't know. I will probably tune in. I find the Super Bowl on times like this, uh, when I don't really follow the teams, to be a tremendous uh, excuse for a nap. So just, uh, you know, watch the first uh, four minutes, and then we're gone from there. A couple thoughts. Just... uh, Disconnected, but then we'll connect them to get uh, started this morning. I, I don't know if uh, any of you, I'm, I mean, I'm sure probably many of you, but uh, have, have ever been on the uh, receiving end of a broken promise. Somebody has promised you something. You don't, you don't have to raise your hand for that. <laughs> uh, but that's a that's a hurtful thing you know and i think of any different situations between a spouses or a couple or a parent and a child or whatever the dynamics to be on the receiving end of a broken promise that's painful it can be heartbreaking and i think can possibly you know even maybe have long-term sorts of effects on us that we carry with us for a while. Uh, you know, distrust, you build a distrust in people or you begin to doubt certain things. Uh, so th- th- those can be tough times. Second thought is this, uh, what does the future hold? Uh, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? Um, it's uncertain. And <laughs> currently, I mean, the, the, in our, our current cultural climate, it's probably more uncertain than it's ever been before. Scripture tells us we really shouldn't be all that surprised by what's, by what's going on in the world around us. Um, so, so, so here's the connection between those two disconnected thoughts. Uh, God's promises are never broken. It doesn't matter what happens around us. It doesn't matter circumstances of life in your personal life or in the world around us. None of that changes anything in relationship to the promises of God. They are good uh, forever and always. God has a plan. Uh, that plan is uh, wrapped up in His will. And he, he says His will is this, that He wants to take uh, people and sinners and make them righteous. He wants to make them holy. And He says He'll do it for free. Uh, and all we have to do as we've talked about previously in this series is just say, yes, I want to be a part of that. I, I want in on that process. So uh, for those of you that are uh, new or not with us or have not been with us recently, we're uh, looking through the book of Ephesians. Uh, 
and we'll continue that this morning. And uh, today, th- th- this is a, a pretty dense little passage. Um, Tucker last week mentioned that we have a tendency, and I think we all do, to sort of look for those golden nuggets in Scripture. We all have our favorite verses and our passages that we return to over and over again. Um, and I'm, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing at all. But I, I think today's passage probably isn't on anybody's memory verse list or favorite verse or life verse list or anything like that. And yet I think that as we, uh, as we look into it a little bit, we'll find that it, it can be, you know, it'll be helpful to you. I, I really, as I've been prepping this week and kind of praying and thinking about this morning, felt as though um, this would have uh, some benefit to some of you. So our title this morning, if you want to go ahead, is Always Good, Never Broken. Why don't we pray and then um, we'll read the passage. It's Ephesians 1, 11 through 14 together, and uh, we'll dive in. Lord, thanks for the... for. Uh, Time to be together, whether here or uh, through technology this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for our worship this morning. I'm just so blessed to be able to come together and worship you. I pray that uh, your word truly would enlighten the eyes of our hearts today, uh, that, it would, that it would bring life and uh, healing, uh, wholeness into us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, Naomi, you can go to the next slide, and, and there's two slides for the text, I think, and uh, Ephesians 1.11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So there is a uh, progression of thought here. Uh, Paul says we're chosen, we're predestined, we're included in Christ, uh, and that happened when we believed. And, and as we said a couple weeks ago, it's believing or being willing to eat hot dogs. And if that reference means nothing to you, you'll have to go back and look at the, uh, at the sermon online. Uh, but, but being willing to eat hot dogs, uh, that's what gains us entrance. It's just saying yes, entering in. And then in, in the uh, kind of conclusion of that process, the whole thing is sealed by the Holy Spirit. So verse 11 says uh, that he works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So, so does that mean that everything that happens is his will? The answer is no. It's not a trick question. Um, sin is outside of the will of God, and so anything connected to sin is not his will. That would include... Um, God, God, God opposes sin. He punishes sin. So that would include uh, sinful behavior in any of our lives, as well as people that live in sin, you know, in a greater capacity. It would include sinful beings. There are uh, spiritual, supernatural beings outside of the realm of God's will. Hell is not in God's will. God desires that, you know, nobody would perish. Everybody would come to know him. And so none of that is God's will. Sickness, tragedy, pain, a lot of what happens in the course of life 
is outside of the will of God. The reality is this. We live in a war zone. And as I've said before, the dynamics are complex because really there's two things happening. One is that we're in the war. We're fighting the battle. There's kind of the classic, you know, forces of good and evil. And so, you know, God is is working against the devil. And so we're fighting the battle. But at the same time, we also are the battleground. We're, we're the territory that's being fought over. Uh, in a war, in a battle, you know, there's, you can see this in the movies or, you know, whatever. There's two armies and they're fighting and very often they're trying to take territory uh, from the other side. And that's really what's happening in spiritual warfare as well is that territory and we are the territory. People are the territory are being battled over, uh, trying to be taken away from God's purpose, God's will, God's blessing into uh, whatever the enemy might have for us, which isn't good. And here's the thing. Sometimes in that process, there's casualties. Sometimes bad things happen. And those bad things are outside of the will of God. Um, It it can be, from time to time, uh, you will hear it said that, you know, everything is God's will. No, something happens uh, tragic or or hard, difficult in somebody's life, and uh, some well-meaning Brother or sister will say, oh, well, you know, it's God's will. God has a plan. Um, that can be devastating to a person. Donna and I were uh, contacted earlier this week by some old friends of ours, a couple that we grew up with, and we lived across the street from them for a while and just uh, went to church, you know, as, we, as young, young adults, young marrieds, whatever, uh, for, for, for many years. And she reached out to us and, and shared that their son their kids are about the age of our kids, so being in his early 30s, uh, was just diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, I saw her text and uh, thought of my own kids and a picture of her son. And, uh, you know, I asked myself, is that God's will? No, that's not God's will. That's not God's will. God, God has a plan, but that's not it. That's not God's plan at all. There are external forces that are working against the plan of God all the time. And uh, as we've said before, in that process, the devil never takes a day off. Uh, Your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. And and quite frankly, uh, you know, there's casualties that take place sometimes. God works all things in conformity to his will, but God doesn't will all things. And there's a difference between those two, and it's, it's a significant and an important difference for us to make. Um, God, in his infant wisdom, will, will take you know, even the most tragic circumstances, and he can extract good from those things. That's just God being God. That's what God does. God looks for ways to, to make even the, the most difficult things right, um, but that doesn't mean that he willed them to begin with. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I think there's somebody that needs to hear that today, and I don't know if you're here or if you're there. <laughs> um, but if, if you've been under the weight of something happening in the course of your life that you're struggling with or wrestling with because you feel like it was God's will and why would God will that on you, I, I want to say that that's not the case, and I want to pray for you right now if I can do that. Is that okay?
Uh, Jesus, we just come to you today, and I, I just pray that you would lift that burden off. Anyone that might be feeling the weight of pain or, or grief or loss in their life, uh, that they would have the realization this morning that that's not from you, that's not your will, that's not something you've purposed for them. Um, that it is a, it's a reality of the life that we live and uh, the battle that we fight and that it's just a reality of uh, living in a fallen world, but it's not from you. So just set them free from that. Bring your healing hand and uh, the peace of God to rest upon them today. In your name we pray. So, so God's, God's purpose, his goal, his, his plan really, is that out of the challenges, the difficulty, the sin, the brokenness of life, uh, th- that he he would raise up for himself a people, and that people would be freed of that, and that and that they then would stand as examples, as illustrations of his of his glory, his righteousness. That people would look to that and say, "Wow, look at that guy! Look what God's done in him." Um, you know, I think that's the that's the most powerful witness there is quite honestly, is the work of God in our lives. And I think when we talk about sharing our faith with somebody, most, most often, you know, we're, we're thinking of, and, and I, I know that we all do this, or I've, I've talked to some of you or prayed with some of you, you know, you, you have an opportunity with a coworker or somebody and you sit down with them and you, you share about Jesus and you talk about what he's done. But, uh, and, and that's good. That's not something we shouldn't do. But to me, this isn't an either-or. It's a both-and kind of situation where what speaks even more loudly than that is uh, the work of God in your life, that, that God has transformed you. And they can look at you and say, man, something's different about that person. God has done a work in them that whatever that is, I want that. Um, I, th- I think that's a powerful thing that, that God does in and with us. Um, verse 13 says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believe, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You also, you Ephesians, you CVC, you at home in your PJs with your coffee and crumpets, um, you were included. In Christ, you're part of it. Uh, at one point, the Apostle Paul writes to his young friend Timothy, and he says, uh, I'm the worst of all sinners. And yet, God redeemed him. God saved him. God drew him out of that. And he extends that same grace that he extended to Paul in that moment, to you and I and uh, everyone else. I shared with you, I think, in our introduction of Ephesians a few weeks back, that the first 14 verses, everything that we've gone over so far is all one long run-on sentence. Uh, but it comes to a conclusion here, and, and the kind of the bottom line, the end of that, uh, is that you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit would come, and the Holy Spirit did. Um, and, and I think if you are somebody who, who has ever wrestled with doubt, uh, you've ever, you know, been in that place where you've really wrestled with your own faith and, uh, or, or even y- your own salvation, you know, is God is good. I get that, but maybe he's too good for me. Or, you know, I, I don't know. I have doubts sometimes. I'm not sure about that. Uh, I had one, I've, I've had more than one person over the years tell me 
that they thought they had committed the unpardonable sin. And they were convinced that somehow they had fallen from grace, that that was something outside of God's will. And I know that's not something that most of us would wrestle with, but it's a reality that at, from time to time people do. All of those things happen. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Your salvation was sealed with the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in uh, movies sometimes of the, I don't know, Braveheart or whatever, the uh, movies that deal with, you know, ancient times, you'll see the king will make a decree and the page or whoever that guy is, he'll write it down and then they roll up the scroll, right? And then they pour the wax on the seal and then the king has a ring and, and he, a signet and he, and he marks the seal, the wax, and then that's his emblem on there. So then when that scroll goes to whoever it's going to and they receive it, they get it and they look at that and they go, okay, this is authentic. This is true. This is real. This is, this is not a fake. This isn't something outside. This is actual message coming from the king. And I know that because of that seal. And that, that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. You're authentic. You're real. Your salvation is as good as anybody else's because it's been sealed by God with the Holy Spirit in your life. The assurance of your salvation, the, the, the grace of God, your inheritance, everything that you are, everything that you have, all the blessing, grace, forgiveness, the healing, the wholeness, everything, the whole enchilada, all of that is sealed with the Holy Spirit inside of you. Uh, that's, that's good news. Romans 11 says it's irrevocable. Peter tells us that it's imperishable. I love this in, in John 10. Uh, if you want to go to the next slide. John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. It'll never perish. Nobody can take it away. Why? Because my dad can beat up your dad. Next time the enemy comes out, you just say, my dad can beat up your dad. Did you guys ever say that when you were kids? Am I the only person that said that? You know, it, it, it's not about anything else in our life. It's not our accomplishments or our achievements. Not how cute you are, how nice you are, or doggone it, how many people like you. It's really just uh, God has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. Our salvation is the consequence of God's grace and God's power working in our lives. So we're, we're saved by grace, uh, but we stay saved by power. Uh, God's grace redeems us, but his power keeps us redeemed. Um, our faith, our holiness, all of that is sealed with the Holy Spirit, and, and it's, it's locked up with the power of God. You know, in, in the vineyard, we talk a lot about God's power in terms of healing or deliverance or sometimes just uh, in terms of kind of Holy Ghost goosebumps, right? That, that's sort of, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit was on that person. And, and all that's good. That's all true. But it, it's not the whole story because the Holy Spirit is actually what keeps us in the game. He keeps us connected. Um, I, I used to... Uh, 
In my previous life as a youth pastor, I used to tell youth groups that it was like having gas in the car. You can buy the coolest car. You can have the, the hottest, most expensive, best car on the planet. But if you don't have any gas, you're not going anywhere. you got to have gas in the tank. And the Holy Spirit is the go juice. The Holy Spirit is the gas in the tank. Uh, I, <laughs> I, this has nothing to do with anything, but it's funny, so I'll share it. I got a new car this year, and one of the first things that happened after I got it was I ran out of gas. Yeah, I know. And what's incredibly lame about that is that, uh, like all cars, it has a gas gauge that tells you when you're running out of gas. But in addition to that, uh, it has a little thing that comes on, a little sign actually comes on the screen, and it says, please refuel. And then it tells you how many more miles you can go until you actually run out of gas. So I ignored the sign because my need for coffee was greater than my need for gas. So my plan was that I would go to Starbucks, I would get my coffee, and then I would go across the street to the gas station and get gas. But I got as far as Starbucks, and then when I went back out to the car to start it, it wouldn't start because it was out of gas. Brand new car, week old, out of gas. So in, in what is perfect poetic justice, I called Donna to come and get me, and as it would be, our daughter Jordan was at our house. And so she sent Jordan with the gas can to help me get back on the road. The reason that is poetic justice is this, that as a teenager, Jordan, I love you, it was a pretty much a weekly event that I would get called to rescue Jordan from so, some sort of vehicular incident, she, out of gas, broken down. She called me one time, this is, this is actually, this is legit, <laughs> dad, yes, don't be mad, and don't laugh, okay? I ran out of gas and got a flat tire. How do you do that? Did you, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Did you run out of gas and then get a flat tire? Did you get a flat, how, did, how does that work? So anyway, Jordan had to come bail me out, which she was very happy about that. Uh, moral of the story is you need gas in the tank, all right? Um, and that's the beauty of our relationship with God is that, you know, the filling of the Holy Spirit can happen over and over again, time and time again. We can be refilled. It's just, it's just like uh, filling up with gas. God will come and refuel your tank for us. The, the Holy Spirit completes the transaction. He seals the deal. Romans 8, and if you go to the uh, next slide, Naomi, Romans 8, 28 is a verse that we all know. It says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. But I want to look at verses 29 and 30, so go one more. Uh, for those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he glorified. So here's the thing. If you believe, if you're in, then all of this is also true of you. Everything that God says right there is real and active in your life. And Paul is so confident of this. 
He says it in the past tense. Notice that. It's, it, you've already been glorified. God's done that work. Uh, that's how confident Paul is of all of that. So what does that mean to you and me in practical terms today? Uh, it, it means this, that we can look to the future with confidence. Um, the future is a question mark. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. In the best of times, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, and we're not living in the best of times right now. It's a question mark. What will happen? I don't know. The world's crazy. It's getting crazier every day. Um, what's always the same? God and his word. That never changes. Nothing changes that. Anything can happen. A bunch of kids might buy up all the stock in a failing game company and uh, crash the market, which, by the way, was brilliant. I'm just going to say it. Um, uh, you know, who knows what will happen. There could be a new strain of virus come out. Uh, you know, global warming could kick up a notch and we'll all be walking around sticky and sweaty all the time. It's like the whole world lives in Atlanta. You, you don't get that unless you've ever been to Atlanta. It's a beautiful city. It's just sticky. It's just sticky. Um, our place in God's kingdom is secure. Nothing takes it away. Nothing changes it. We're sealed in the Holy Spirit. Stevie Wonder said, signed, sealed, and delivered. You're his. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Once again, I just... The simplicity of that, I think, is profound, that uh, you're, you're sealed by the Spirit of God and nothing can take that away. If you guys want to come on back up, I'm going to wrap up. There's no probationary period, no take-backs, no just kidding, no none of that. The promises of God are good now and forever. And again, I, uh, that's guaranteed. Paul says he guarantees it. I got your stand. Um, so, so hold fast to that. This week, hold fast to God being real. God, God being real for you, not just everybody else. Uh, uh, you're included. You're in. And you've been sealed by the Spirit of God. He's taken that signet ring and, and, and marked you with it. Amen. Why don't we stand? And... Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org forward slash give.